You're listening to an exclusive podcast with the UCLA Radio News Team. Hello, everybody, and welcome to UCLA Radio. Today, we are joined by John Delaney, Democratic presidential nominee, running. He's running for president. I like that little slip there from your yeah, mouth yeah. I, ears. I, I'm ready for it. <laughs> he was supposed to come to campus a few weeks ago, a month ago. I actually bought your cards, the cards that you sell on your website. Very cool. Um, really? Well, thank you. And uh, he's just here to um, answer a few questions. Thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Okay, so why should UCLA students vote for you? Well, because you need the next president to start getting things done. The world that you're being left right now is not the world you deserve. And you need a president who's actually committed and had a track record that we need uh, as a nation to address the big issues. And I think the big issues for your generation include climate change, uh, include ensuring that technology continues to unfold in a way that hopefully can benefit more Americans, and making sure that we address uh, things like our broken healthcare system. And these are issues that really matter to your generation. I think our generation should be leaving the world better than we found it, which we're not doing right now. And you need a president that's committed to really solving these problems, because your generation can't afford for us to be talking about these same issues in eight years. We actually have to start making progress against them, and that's what I'm committed to do as president. Yeah, I agree. As somebody that's going to be entering the workforce, I'm pretty scared about the innovation of technology and AI. How do you think we could deal with the displacement of Americans as technology progresses and advances? Well, well, I just think the thing about technology they have to realize is innovation always creates more jobs than it displaces. So you shouldn't be scared about all the jobs going away because of technology because that's never really happened, Okay. Uh, even though people get really afraid about it. Mm-hmm. If you go back across time, there's the history uh, tells us that people get really anxious about innovation but it ends up creating more jobs than it displaces. It's just very hard to see the jobs it's going to create, and it's really easy to see the jobs it's going to take away. So um, what you need to do is make sure, though, that because uh, the problem is the jobs that it creates often go, don't go to the same people who lose their jobs, and they don't go to the same places. So really what has to happen is the government needs to make sure that there's opportunities in all communities and that Americans have the skills they need to do the jobs of the future. But this anxiety about there being no jobs has never been backed up by historical fact. And if you look today, where there's a tremendous amount of automation occurring. We're still actually creating jobs. The problem is a lot of jobs are coming under a lot of pressure uh, from a pay perspective because technology just allows there to be so much efficiencies. Okay, yeah, that's very reassuring for myself. You've been on the road for your campaign for a while now. You've been around New Hampshire and Iowa a bunch. Can you tell me a really impactful story that you've learned in your time in either of the states? Well, I'll tell you, when I travel around Iowa in particular, you just see a lot of communities that have shrunk and um, have gotten a lot older Mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of jobs for young people there. And, you know, I remember sitting in a, in a town um, in rural Iowa the last time uh, I was actually out in Iowa. And, um, you know, they were just sitting there saying, are there going to be jobs in this, in this town ever again? And that's one of the things that's really happened in this country. There's been a tremendous concentration of economic opportunity, but in a relatively small number of places. So like Los Angeles, where you are, yeah. there's a lot of jobs there. New York, there's a lot of jobs. San Francisco, there's a lot of jobs. But there's so many communities where there aren't, where 
you know, there's been this displacement that we talked about because of globalization and automation. And jobs have just left these communities. And uh, we need to have a strategy and a president who actually wants to encourage jobs to be created in all these communities. And I think there's a huge opportunity in rural America to actually position the country to deal with climate change by um, investing in the technologies we're going to need to actually address climate change, but making sure and creating incentives for those technologies to be built and scaled in the heartland and in rural America, because those communities really need jobs. Over the past week, you've been sparring with the DNC about the debate rules, as well as not wanting to put together a climate conference or a climate debate, which I would love to hear. What do you think the DNC could do to better address? Can I get your reaction to um, first missing the debate and then what they could do to properly address the people? I feel like sometimes the DNC is just talking to the people with the most money and could afford to buy their way to the debate stage. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think what the DNC did this time, which was to create a requirement that candidates have a certain amount of small donors, really doesn't serve the interests of democracy because, you know, half the American people can't afford their basic necessities. So if you're having, if you're struggling to pay your rent and your your utilities and your food, we can't really expect you to um, be contributing to political candidates. And so in many ways, those people who are struggling and left behind, who buy, let's face it, those are the people we should be fighting for. Those are the people I'm fighting for. They've actually been um, been told to, um, you know, they, they don't actually have a say in, in who makes the Democratic debate stage in some ways, right? Because um, they can't afford to donate to political candidates. Mm-hmm. But we, we now have a requirement that candidates get donors. So if you think about it, it creates an incentive for candidates not to actually campaign to the people who actually need our help the most. And I don't think that makes any sense. Yeah, I read... And in one of Tim Ryan's press releases about how campaigns are spending $50 to just get $1 of donation back so that way could, they could meet their small dollar amount. And that doesn't sound very democratic at all. It just seems like a lot of big money interests being able exactly. to. And the people exactly. with the most name recognition already coming into it being able to run for president. Exactly. And I think that's wrong. I think that's a problem. Yeah, I, really do. I agree. So... What has your time as CEO of your companies prepared you for presidency? I know you were a former congressman, but what has your time before that taught you about leadership and about leading the country? Well, it, what it taught me is you have to build a team of the best and the brightest. You have to make decisions, and you really have to focus on getting things done. Because in the private sector, if you don't do things, then you fall behind. And I think that's a lesson that needs to be learned by the public sector more. I always call it the cost of doing nothing is not nothing. And I think we paid a really big price as a country because we failed to do the kind of things we should have done to prepare our country uh, for the future. And I think being in the private sector has really made me laser-like focus on this need to be very goal-driven as president and really to start getting the kind of things done that, that the American people need us to do. Okay, thank you. In one of the news reports, I saw that you compared the DNC to Thanos. Have you watched the new Avengers movie? I have. Oh, uh, well, who's your favorite uh, Marvel superhero? Thor. Thor? Okay. Yeah. Solid answer. What do you think about Spider-Man leaving the MCU? He's not going to be in the movies anymore. Do you have any strong? I know, it's, kind of, it, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, I, I've always been a big Peter Parker Spider-Man fan. Okay. I think he's always an underrated superhero because I, I, I just believe his strengths and his powers are much greater than he even realizes. 
Yeah, and he's been through so much with three uh, three different franchises. Do you have any exactly. par- <laughs> Do you have any parting ro- words for uh, the listeners at UCLA Radio? I just want them to know that I'm really committed uh, to to being the president that actually does the job and gets things done, and that's why I'm running. Okay, thank you. Where can we learn more about John Delaney and follow what's going on with your presidential run? Uh, JohnDelaney.com. All right, sounds perfect. Thank you for joining us. All right, thanks. Bye. Have a good day.